the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hey, what's happening, fam? Welcome back. Uh, today's episode was pretty interesting. We kind of went reverse in how we do it. Usually, we'll talk about uh, a little bit of a adversity story or something and lead up to somebody's business or whatever they're working on. But this one was different. This one was really interesting. We, we started off with explaining how important it is to protect your intellectual property rights, why that's important for your business. But then we also got into um, Celeste, who I'm going to introduce in just a moment, got into her story of what she just went through dealing with a suicide um, within her family and what she had to deal with and losing an, uh, an animal that was very close. So there's a lot of lessons. And why I'm telling you this now is that it's because everybody has, no matter what story you're talking about, and whether we go deep or we don't go as deep on certain episodes, somebody's got that story that you know I like to get into, I like to dive into because a lot of that times, some of those stories are what makes what they are today. And, you know, sometimes we go deeper than others, but I was really happy that we managed to go from, you know, talking about what we initially were talking about, which is the law and the copywriting and everybody out there that's creating content and a brand wants to be careful. But then we also went into more of a personal side as well. So today was interesting. Um, I'm excited for you guys to listen to this. As always, if you haven't subscribed if you haven't reviewed, what are you doing? <laughs> Just kidding. Go subscribe. Go leave us a review at the end of the show. Let us know what you think. And we will get right into it coming up in just a sec. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest is a fully trained master of law specializing in brand and content protection, copyrights, and trademarks. She focuses on a holistic approach to brand and content protection, and her mission is to help inspire people to understand and appreciate the importance of protecting your business intellectual property rights, content, and thus your livelihood. She wants to help people spend less time worrying about your brand and protecting it and more time in their zone of genius. So um, I'm really excited to get into this because this is really important and there's lots of stuff I'd like to unpack. So uh, Celeste Reffin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Did I get the name? I forgot to ask you the proper pronunciation. Is that right? Celeste Reffin. <laughs> you, it's, it sounded really good. You oh. know, uh, normally people say my full name, but that, you know, doesn't matter. Oh, well, let's say the full name. What, what is the middle name? What's your, let's say it, Rumer Reffin. Celeste Rumer Reffin. Well, my full name is actually Celeste Athalia Reffin. That's the Danish version. Celeste okay. Reffin. Perfect. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, <laughs> I get confused about it because, yeah. Anyway. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited from our last conversation. We had talked about this and I thought this would be a great topic because yeah. um, it's definitely a form of, it's a challenge that businesses face in protecting their copyrights and protecting whatever okay. their rights. And I don't think a lot of people understand, but I really want to get, maybe let's go back. Let's hear about your story and kind of how you got where you are today. 
and and then let's tie it all together and just the importance of all of it. <laughs> the, the really, really strange thing is I actually wanted to study the law when I was little. My maternal grandfather, he founded his own legal empire. And that must have seeped into me somehow. But I managed to actually make myself believe I wasn't intelligent enough to do it. So I didn't start until the age of 35. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's my age. <laughs> I know. And then, uh, and then after I had finished, um, I experienced something that made me realize that something was up with regard to dyslexia and me. And, and I managed to get myself tested. I have a, a strange form of dyslexia because I was sat in front of a huge computer and I was given headphones on and I was to pair, that was one of the tests, to pair um, the correct word. You know, I heard the correct word in my ears and then there were several uh, different words and they weren't spelt correctly on the screen in front of me. And I couldn't pair the two. Hmm. <laughs> and then I was, I was tested on spelling and because I was tested that late in life, you know, I was 41 when I finished starting the law because <laughs> I, I failed first year. And then when I got to the master's, because in Denmark, you study the law for all five to seven years, depending on how many years you spend doing it. So so my bachelor's degree is law and then my master's degree is law as well. And so when I got to my master's degree, I, I spent a bit more time there as well. And then I, I had that experience where I thought, hmm, something's up with, with regard to me and, and spelling and stuff like that. And I'm really not very good at grammar. So I got tested and, and I spell fairly well because, you know, I've just learned how to do it. Uh, and then I was tested for vocabulary and I was tested on 40 words and got 36 correct. And me being a little bit of a perfectionist, I was upset that I hadn't got 40 correct. That's so typical, isn't it? Yeah. But the lady who, who tested me, she was a bit younger than me and she was, she was completely flabbergasted and, and impressed because she hadn't experienced anyone with that big a vocabulary before. And that was in Danish, you know, so we don't, I don't know about vocabulary in other languages, but, you know. Mm. And then a friend of mine the other day said to me that he was impressed by me because I managed to be a dyslexic in five. It's actually six different languages, but he said five and he can barely manage one. <laughs> But what made you dyslexic? I don't understand. So what is the actual definition of being dyslexic though? Like, is it just comprehension and like... Well, I, I, I'm really, really bad at grammar in general. Um, and I have an aunt who is... Um, she actually loves grammar. She used to teach... Um, at the University of Paris and she would really, she loves to bore into the detail, finding out why is it called what it's called? Me, I just like to speak languages. Mm. I love languages. And I love reading, which is completely bizarre for somebody who's dyslexic. Yeah, so I, just, I don't know what, what the specific term is for somebody who's dyslexic. I just know that I'm not very good yeah. at spelling. There are things that I, I really have to 
look it up because I don't know how to, I had such trouble spelling this necessary in English. Mm. Um, so I've, I've taught myself to spell it sort of in a, in a odd way. Um, you know, that's just the yeah. way it is. I, I find it interesting because I mean, I can only speak one language and and just sometimes my grammar in English is hard enough. So the fact that like people can speak like four or five languages and they're worried about their grammar, I'm like, well, you know what? Don't be too hard on yourself because like most people speak one language, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, well, I can't speak Russian and Japanese and everything perfectly, but I can speak this one. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, I, I, um, I, I just find that interesting because dyslexia is just like it's such a strange word because it is what does it even mean you know like what is it because who who knows if it's just because you haven't done it enough times or if you actually have you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's like yeah it's interesting and I, I, it's something i actually kind of want to get to the bottom of because i've always thought i might have something like that but then lately I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe it's just because I haven't done it enough times to pick it up. You know, you have to practice things over and over and over again before well, you get good well, at I it. practice languages a lot, yeah. but grammar, grammar just doesn't, it just doesn't sit with me. I, I don't know yeah. why, uh, you know, I can, I can read books and, you know, I studied the law and, and I actually loved studying the law. That's a really weird thing. Um, because my older brother, he studied the law as well, and he absolutely hated it. Hmm. But he was forced into it. I wasn't. I chose it with my heart. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So you had, obviously, this, is, this, is, this interests me because you would think if you had a dyslexia, you, your comprehension, writing, all this stuff, why would you go into law such a complicated thing? And, you know, because that's very difficult, a lot of reading, a lot of memorizing, a lot of stuff. And I'm not going to pretend I even know what it's like to go to law school or anything like that because I don't. But I know from what I've heard that it's very challenging. So why would you pick such a tough area? And um, why, like, let's talk about why that area of law interests you, like the copywriting and all that kind of stuff. I think that the intellectual property rights interest me because um, I come from a long, long line of creative people you know, my mother was a ceramist. Uh, her father, he was not a creative. He, um, he founded his own legal empire, but his father was a very famous Danish actor. And on my father's side, there are both film directors, uh, film editors, cinema owners. So I think that that's the reason why I was so drawn into the whole sort of area of what are the rights that are connected to the to all the creative types of, of uh, endeavor that you can you can undertake so that's that's why and and to be honest I think that because my grandfather founded his own legal empire that has got to be the reason why I feel so much in love with law I remember watching different uh, soaps about law when I was little and I absolutely loved it <laughs> Yeah. L.A. Law. Did you ever see that? It was. I, I did. I never. It was one of those shows that was always on TV that I turned off as a kid because it's just one of those shows. I, I probably would have liked it if I was a little bit older at the time. Yeah. Um, but I remember. I loved it. 
Yeah, well, I love Suits. Suits is like my one of my favorite shows ever. But I mean, it's a little bit, I don't know if life's really like that, that exciting, but. <laughs> I don't watch television anymore, so oh, I don't, I don't well, know what's going on. Don't watch Suits because it'll just, it'll just take up all your time and you'll never do anything else <laughs> but watch it. So um, that's the, th- so, okay. Now I, I really think it's important because, okay, so since you started doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Did you start doing this before the big digital revolution of marketing and all this online stuff? Like, did you, or has it been, did you start when there's already content everywhere? Like, when did you start this? Um, I started studying the law in 2005. Okay, so you've definitely seen a change in how things go, how content and people's branding is gone. Maybe walk us through that so far well um the thing is everything is available on the internet and people have a tendency to think think that because it's available that you can just use it and you know nobody puts their stuff out there for others to just steal it or plagiarize it or 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 borrow it you know because some people just you know think that they borrow it or you know and 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 the people who plagiarize it they can't tell the difference between yours and mine. So they will read something and then they will plagiarize it completely forgetting that it's not themselves that that wrote it. And that is really, really um, a hard thing. And and if you've you've got sort of um, a case against you saying that you've plagiarized something, it's really difficult to clean yourself or clear yourself from that charge. There was a there was a really um, prominent uh, scientist in Denmark who was wrongly accused of uh, plagiarism, and she has had a really tough time clearing her name because it wasn't her that did the plagiarism; it was somebody on her team. Mm-hmm. But. Isn't when you find it now that so much content is being shared on so many different platforms, so many different ways that it's, how do you police that though? And, you know, why do you think it's, it's essential to, to do that, to police it? Because I just feel like there's just such an abundance of content. Like how is it ever going to be monitored? You know, like, why is that important? (laughs) <laughs> it it depends on because I mean for some people I actually quite recently heard about somebody who had experienced a hostile takeover mm. because their work wasn't protected okay by a trademark for instance okay and when you when you've built up a business you know you could want to take on an investor with your your um what's it called um podcasts if that was what you wanted to expand it even further out i don't know if you do that with podcasts but but some people do with their coaching businesses and stuff like that and this this was a coach who was inviting an investor to come on board because they wanted their business to expand and the investor did a hostile takeover and i'm like oh my goodness you know that could be avoided if you had protection in place what what do you mean by hostile takeover? So they became partners and then one of the partners took over the business? What do you mean? Exactly? The investor took over the entire business, yes. 
Oh, I see. I see. So because I want to protect it. So oh, they- right. I get it. Yeah. Well, in that case, for sure, because that's his idea. And then basically the person with the money just decided, hey, this is mine now. And, oh, wow. yeah, and kick the other person out saying, sorry, bye-bye, you know. Okay, so how can one protect themselves? And I also want to get into this in that, um, forgive me if it's a silly question, but I think some people would like to know the difference. We had talked about this before between copyright, trademark, and whatever other ones you feel are necessary for businesses to understand. Well, um, you know, I've written a book about all of them uh, and I haven't, published it yet I I am waiting for my cover to be designed but I've written about all the intellectual property rights because I felt that it would be wrong to just write about copies rights and trademarks and I've written it for everybody out there so it doesn't matter if you're in Canada or the US or Australia or wherever you are because the brilliant thing about intellectual property rights is that the legislation is more or less the same all over the world that makes it really easy for somebody like me. Um, and the important thing to understand is that copyright is something that occurs the minute you've written something or you've created um, a podcast or you've written a song or you've uh, written lyrics or you've composed music. You know, the minute you've put your thumbprint on it and it has your sort of personality in it, then it's original and then it's protectable. Ideas that stay inside of somebody's head cannot be protected. We don't protect ideas. That's really important to understand, first of all. And then copyright is, is what most people think um, to protect. And that's really, really good. That's really, really fundamental. And that can be protected in many different ways. Um, some countries will say to you that you have to register it with, for instance, the uh, American Writers Guild or the Canadian one. Or you know, in Denmark and in the UK, that's not necessary. Okay, interesting. Yeah, um, you can put a copyright clause on your emails. You can put it on your website. You can put it on anything you write. So if you have, you're a coach and you do a program, you can put a copyright clause on each page um, saying that this basically belongs to you and stuff like that. And then um, if you want to take it a bit further, you can then register it uh, if, you, if you live in the US or in, in Canada. You don't have to do it, but you can do it. You can also um, send a copy to somebody like me so that you know that somebody with legal training has got your back, so to speak, so that the minute you've created it, you can say, Celeste, look, I would very much like for you to, to look after this for me and, and know that this is mine so that in case somebody find, you know, because what, what people's friends tend to do is they, they tend to recognize your way of writing so you've got a certain way of writing. And, and then somebody would say, listen, Lance, somebody has actually copied your work. Um, I think you should contact them. And, and you know, if, if you want, you can actually say to them that you want them to pay you for it. 
that's one way of doing it because you you create content to make a living from it don't you yes and that's basically the reason the the whole reasoning behind the intellectual property rights is a financial enticement for people to create more and more and more um yeah so that because if if people don't make money from their songs or their films then they start creating yeah the, it's interesting because the content i create for the podcast is more about value to the audience but in turn that relationship that you build with the audience comes back to your business that's 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 why and and this is interesting because i haven't even thought about copywriting you know my university of adversity or my show or anything like that because um well you know you just you you think that when you're when you're constantly behind the brand and seen on the brand that you don't need to but this is definitely something that i think people can can think about and what other thing concerns me nowadays with the technology is how easy it is to manipulate sound and how easy it is yeah. for people to make it look like somebody's saying something, but then they can like change what's actually being said yeah. and it makes the person look like they said that, but they didn't actually say that. Hmm. You know, like there's ways of the, some of this technology that can really do some insane stuff. Yeah. So what... So that's, that leads us into trademarks because yeah. trademark is a much stronger form of protection for you than the copyright is. Because, um, and very much so in the US, in the US you're not allowed to, let's say um, my trademark is this one, right? Okay, yeah. And you've got the little R in the circle and this is my handwriting in there. Right, yeah. And... In the US, I'm, I'm really not allowed to use the R in the circle unless I have a US registration. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, so you're only allowed to use the R in the circle once you have a registration. And you can do that nationally. And then, you know, depending on where you want your thing to expand to you let's let's say that you were somebody who created some kind of product that you wanted to sell then you sit down with somebody like me and you talk about where do you want to go with your business in the world because there's no such thing as a global trademark that does not exist oh i didn't know that okay no <laughs> you what have even to even but even like a Coca-Cola or, or, or Apple or something? They're not global. They oh, are... Interesting. Okay, that's You interesting. would think that they're global because they're, they're seen everywhere. The thing mm. is, they are registered in many countries. Interesting. And what they do is they sit down with somebody like me and then they designate, as it's called, the countries that they want to move into. And then they register the trademark there. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Wow. So you don't start up with a world trademark because that would be too expensive and and it would be too expensive to have trademarks in in the entire world because there are so many countries but depending on where you are going to sell your product that's where you want to register your trademark interesting so where what do you see as the biggest issue right now in businesses and people that you work with as far as as the protection of their 
their rights, their intellectual property? Like what's the biggest problem you see and what are people not doing? They are not registering them. They, they're not taking themselves seriously because for me, it's a question of them taking themselves and their business that seriously that they realize, okay, I may not understand what intellectual property rights means. It's something that I'm inspired to create. That means it's worth protecting because it's my livelihood at the, at the end of the day. And if I don't protect my livelihood, then I go out of business. Right. And, and it's really important to understand that anyone can rip, up, can rip you off unless you have a trademark because the trademark protects you that well. So what does a trademark cost for people listening out there? Let's say like, what is it? It's very, very different. You can't just throw a price out because you can, you know, you can, you can do it yourself and that will cost one thing. And then depending on how many countries you want to do it in, that's, you know, know, it, it depends on the level of support also you want. If you want me to do it for you, it depends very much. I mean, I have three different packages. So I don't work on an hourly basis because I think that that's a waste of your time and your money and my time. Of course. Uh, so that's why I have, uh, I've made those packages. But it depends very much on the level of support you want. Because if you just want the basic trademark registration, then that's one thing. If you want sort of me to be looking out on the internet for you on your behalf to see if anyone's actually infringing your rights, then that, that's a different type. Right. So, you know, it really depends on the level of support that people want. Of course. Interesting. Yeah. So you deal with people all over the world then? Yes. Hmm. Very interesting. So what, um, where do you see this? What kind of, what do you anticipate in the next, you know, few years of happening with? This with, is an, an area that's expanding and it's yeah. not it isn't going to stop because people keep creating and creating and creating. And that means there's more and more to protect, which is good in, in my honest opinion, you know, cause yeah. that's, we create in order to live and there are more and more people who actually become self-employed. And that means that they create either coaching programs or meditations, you know, transformational retreats. It can be anything. And, and once you have the trademark in place, you sort of have the umbrella and then you can have little things underneath it. Say, for instance, you were somebody who had a medical background <clears throat> and you created a groundbreaking new medical invention somehow. Then you could take out a patent for that. Mm. Or if you were an inventor and you went out and invented a groundbreaking new I don't I, I have no idea what that could be it could be so many different things but something with, with with patents it's really more difficult because it has to be a global news hmm. so it being new in Canada is not enough if somebody's written about it in an obscure magazine in India or Japan and you don't know about it then it's no longer a global news and then you can't claim patent for it so patent is really, really difficult, um, but it's worthwhile. And, and it's also only a protection for 25 years where 20 or 25, maybe only 20 actually. Um, and then 
copyright is your entire life plus 70 years in most countries. Some countries it's actually plus 100 years after your death. Wow. Um, whereas a trademark can virtually exist indefinitely as long as there are certain things that are complied with and it's reviewed every 10 years. Hmm. Uh, that is one of the things that varies from country to country. I think in Canada it is, oh, I can't remember the amount of years, but in most countries it's 10 years. Some countries it's fewer and some countries it's more. Right. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. So if we wanted, the audience wants to check you out, where's the best place to find you? Uh, on my website or on LinkedIn. What's, what's your website? It's uh, www.grandipr.dk. You can also do .co.uk or .uk. They okay. point to the same one. Uh, it's, it's a .dk one, but it's all in English. And, so, and LinkedIn as well? Any other platforms? Um, I do have a profile on, on Facebook, but I'm having issues looking in at the moment. So I'm actually just going okay. to... Sometimes, yeah. sometimes less is more when it comes to finding people, um, exactly. you know, website and LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And you got packages that can help people kind yeah. of bring that all together. That's great. And you also have your book. What's your book called? Do you have a copy of it there? I don't have a oh, copy okay. of it. What's your, book, what's your book called? Is it on Amazon and stuff like that? It will be on Amazon because I'm, I'm using uh, Ingram Spark to publish it with. The, I still oh. need the cover. Of oh, the book. right. That's right. You said your cover, but it's coming yeah. out. That's good. Yeah. And it's awesome. called uh, Control Your Own Copyright Trademark and More. And it's the ultimate guide for the, the, the savvy business owner. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I look forward to seeing that. And um, yeah, if you guys are interested in getting that done, it's super important, especially for a lot of the entrepreneurs. And if you wanted to take your business to the next level, you should definitely check that out and work with Celeste. Um, now, what I got one question here that before we wrap up, um, I always ask, what is your number one tip? See, this is always different for people depending on our conversation for overcoming adversity to go on to become successful in their life, whether it be in business, relationships that you could provide to them today. Start liking yourself. Look into the mirror and say, I actually like you. I have had to do that. You know, I was in a really toxic situation in Denmark. My mother passed away three years ago and her husband took his life, as I said to you just before we started the show, yeah. uh, three Let's... or four weeks ago in a really, really horrible way. So I had to get out from, I had to get away from Denmark. Um, my older brother has a very narrow life or, or uh, well, view on life and, and mine is more expanded and I am more inclusive of people where he's very, if you don't do things the way he wants you to do them, he'll just slap you around, mm -hmm. not physically, but, you know, vocally or, or, or yeah, speak, say things, you know. So I had to get away and I, I had to really start focusing on liking me because I hadn't always done that. And liking yourself is the best thing you can do because you are unique and you are here for a reason and you know i'm i'm figured i'm i'm nearly 50 and i'm learning who i am <laughs> you know i'm i'm learning my value well 
you know, I have some values. I've had values all my life, but I'm learning other values as well and taking on other kinds of things because sometimes we don't, we don't like ourselves enough and yeah. that's a pity, you know, and I, I still, I haven't, I haven't mastered it yet. And I don't think that it's something we will master as such. Well, we'll, we'll go out and say, Oh, I, I love myself always unconditionally. It's, it's a learning curve and it's very much a journey. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely like yourself. Start liking yourself. You've got to love, love yourself. Love. I know, but <laughs> I know, I'm just... it's so difficult. So that's oh. why I'm saying like. Yeah, I know. I know. And, I, and um... with love comes judgment, though. Uh, I love myself. I've learned to love myself because I used to hate myself and I drank myself into, you know, coma all the time. And now I realize that self-love is so important. And you... Mm -hmm. You have this one amazing tool to create things in life. And if you can't learn to love that, then who's going to love you? You know, like, and I, I know what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just being a smart ass, but um, yeah, no. And I, I know the, the suicide. That's, that's tough. Like if you want to talk about that a bit, we can, I mean, I don't know if you want to go into that and how that's affected you a bit. We can kind of take it the conversation. Really affect me a lot. Well, let's um, talk about that a bit. Yeah. So, my mother's husband was really upset that my mother passed away before him. He was really, really ill and he actually slit his wrists that way. You're supposed to do it that way oh, if you want to die. Yeah, that's what I heard. It took him seven hours to die, Lance. Oh, so, Jesus Christ. And the worst thing is he actually, he had married my mother's best friend, not because he loved her, but because he didn't want to be alone. And so... She was there and she wasn't allowed to contact anyone. Oh boy. She had to go through all of that with him. Mm. And that was really, really difficult for me to come to terms with. You know, it took a lot of, why the fuck, you know? Yeah. And why didn't he go to Switzerland where you, where you can actually get a doctor to do it for you? Or Holland, they can do that as well. You know, I was... I was, I was, yeah, and I, I had a kind of, I had kind of nightmares the, the following week because my little brother told me uh, the day after he'd done it. And then a few days later, he gave me all the gory details that I've just given you. Mm. And I'm very visual, so I had a film running inside my head, which was quite horrible. You know, there was a morning where I was just about to wake up and then I saw a face. It wasn't particularly his face but a face where blood was sort of bubbling out yeah oh yeah oh boy i i i i've dealt with that you know not the exact thing but the the same situation just different and it's um i know what you mean about the movie in your mind because when you get told that news it's like you start to think weirdest stuff and i think that's yeah. just us being human yeah. but oh yeah that um I, and that doesn't go away, unfortunately, for a while. I mean, you just keep think, rethinking what, whatever I mean, is going on in your mind, you're going to recreate that has to do with that situation. So, Fortunately, I've spoken so much about it by now that it doesn't affect me in the same way. I don't yeah. get any nightmares or anything. And it wasn't really nightmares. Uh, yeah. It was just weird images yeah. in my head. 
yeah, it's not a it's not a pretty situation by any stretch of the imagination. So it's unfortunately some of us have to go through that and all you can do is learn from it, right? And make yourself stronger. So yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I um That's right. it's an interesting conversation, you know. We've we've uh it's yeah. usually in reverse. We'll usually talk about that story and then go into like more of a lighter, but then I, I like that. It's 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 good. It's um I'm I'm glad we talked about that because you know there's always something going on, no matter what we're talking about, whether it be business or, you know, let's say we're talking about people's intellectual property rights or sports. There's always some story or some interesting story that somebody's going through or gone through. Mm. And when you bring that out, you realize that so much of us are all the same and we're all going through different things. And, you know, it's just yeah. different stories. And, and being able to use that and share that really helps people get through it and heal. And, yeah, you know, it took me such a long time to actually sort of with regard to my mother, it, it took me, I mean, it took me three years. I, I neglected my business for that period of time. I'm, I'm not ashamed of admitting that because all I could do at the time was function. Yeah. And then to make everything so much better last year, I had to have my horse put down. I was being sarcastic then. <laughs> so, and my horse had been in my care for 17 and a half years. I couldn't even call the vet to have her put down, Lance. I had to have my, a friend of mine call the vet on my behalf. And then on the morning in question, I took, I went out and I did a, a, a little bit of, I, I actually rode my horse a little bit that day. And I'm so glad I did because I could feel that she wasn't well and that it was the right decision. Yeah. But my goodness, that was a hard one. It's tough. She was my soulmate horse. And I will never, ever own another horse in my life. You know, it was on my bucket list to own a horse and I have. And I love horses. I will continue to ride horses, but I don't want to own another one. Because yeah. having to have it put down, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's always tough when you put a, a pet to sleep, but a horse is just yeah. so much harder. I don't know if you know anything about horses, but they're well, so... They're, they're lovely creatures. They're lovely. Oh. They're, they're, yeah. they're amazing, of course, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they're very smart. And yeah, no, I, I completely understand. But then and you got to think about all the joy that that horse brought you right? That some people, I'm the same. I, I lost animals when I was younger and it makes me not want to have them now. But then you think about, well, what about all the joy that I could have from that animal again, if I were to, I mean, you know, of course it's, of course it's terrible when you lose them, but it doesn't, it doesn't um, take away from all the joy that you had from them as well. Right. The, the thing, though, is that when you own a horse, you're very much tied down to one yeah. spot. And I, I want to travel more than I've done before. And yeah. I, will, I will still continue to ride horses. And I will still have a special connection with horses. It won't, it won't be the same as with my own horse. But I will keep riding and I will keep loving them because I can't help it. You know, I, I love horses. They're so magnificent and they're so beautiful and they're so incredible. And the best thing about my own horse was that I trained her from scratch. Mm. That, that gave us a very special bond because 
everybody was saying, oh, just get on her back. You know, she had an injury that made me not able to get on her back until a year after I had bought her. And in that period of time, we bonded and connected in a way I don't think that we would have done if, if she hadn't had that injury. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I, I appreciate the vulnerability because sometimes it's just hard to share that and, and to be able to talk about it is, is always the best step for healing and helping move on. And thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, I, and, and thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. It's, we've talked about a few different things, which is great. And I like it. And I, I think, I mean, I got a lot of value from what we were talking about intellectual property. I think it's really important for us to take that seriously and, okay. and to look at our options in whatever country we're in. So Absolutely. thank you so much. I'll have the information in the show notes for you to people to check you out. And okay. yeah, we'll, uh, I'm excited to see what you can create in the next, next while. It's, it's great to connect and thank you very much. Mm, great to connect with you and thank you. My pleasure. Okay, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have an amazing day. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Celeste is uh, very interesting, a lot of fun. And I'm super glad she opened up at the end there to talk about more of her story. Lots packed in there into the 40 minutes. Really interesting. I learned a lot and hopefully you did too. So if you got value from that, leave us a review, subscribe, and yeah, guys, stay on top of it. So I love and appreciate all of you. We will catch you next time. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.